Hi, everyone. This is Jackie Cooper with J. Cooper Travels Talk Show, and I want to welcome everyone back to this episode. And I also want to mention, please like and subscribe. There are a lot of other chats that are about to be dropped, and I want to make sure that you are able to enjoy them all. So I do want to share that um, I had the pleasure and the honor to be on Lindsay's uh, talk show, which we're going to be talking about, and it has just popped, and you're going to see the QR code for my episode on all my social media, so definitely hop and uh, over to that, enjoy that, definitely like and subscribe, which we're going to be talking about more in a second. Uh, before I have her introduce herself and we chat about her story, uh, for those that are new to J. Cooper Travels, I just want to um, share a little bit more about me. Um, I am uh, involved with so many different things. I love business and I love helping people. And so as a result, I have multiple hats and multiple fingers and so many things. Um, my background's law and I am an active attorney, even though I do um, a very non-traditional consulting because I'm consulting in the blockchain area or cryptocurrency, NFTs, that type of thing. But I'm also an author and I've written a book called The Bitcoin Cinderella, and I'm also an educator and a mom. So um, Jacob or Travel started about four years ago, along with some of my other shows. And it was because I love to travel around the world with my daughter. And I became a certified travel consultant. So that way I could enjoy the benefits of being that. But then I also helped others. But then COVID happened. And with the pandemic, J. Cooper Travels kind of changed, as we all did. And it became more not about where we're going in the world, even though we still do talk about that. It's more how do we travel in our own personal lives, in our careers, um, how we treat others, as well as where are we, you know, physically, because that also, you know, going on vacation or staying home and doing the staycations that we had to do for a while. Um, you know, that also, you know, was uh, an interesting story to share. But I know my own personal career path hasn't been straight and narrow. And I like to have the stories of others shared on the show because I think we can all inspire and help each other. And we all have our own personal stories that I think are really important. So with that, I want to welcome Lindsay to uh, Jacob for Travels. How are you doing today? Doing so well. That, that was such a uh, warm and detailed introduction. <laughs> so I know we connected through various social media introductions, mm -hmm. and um, I do want to learn more about your story, but why don't you also share how people can reach out to you through your talk show and learn mm -hmm. a little bit more. We're definitely going to be putting the, the link in the blog below. So if you're driving and you don't have paper and pen, don't worry. Um, it will be there. But if you do have the opportunity to go on while we're chatting and to like and subscribe as well, then definitely you should enjoy. So what's, what, where should they go to find you? Yes. So I am on every major podcast platform. The podcast that I host is called the Meta Woman Podcast, Meta as an M-E-T-A. And I always like to point out, we were named before Facebook chose to change their name. So I, I had it first. Um, <laughs> But yeah, so I, it, it's a really, really fun project. As some of the listeners might have guessed, I focused on uh, interviewing and getting to know the stories of women who are in tech, gaming, emerging tech, crypto, uh, kind of all of those, all of those different areas, different, different phases of life, different phases of their careers. 
some people have been in, in the industry for a long time. Some people have left to come back. Some people have left for good. I just really like to tell those stories and, and give a voice to people who usually don't really get highlighted as much as they should. So that's, that's the goal of the show. And it's a really fun project. Yeah. So everyone go, everyone go like, and subscribe. That's Meta Woman Podcast, M-E-T-A. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I know um, it was fun chatting with you to, you know, to, um, talk about the projects that I'm working on, as well as, you know, some of my own personal experiences. But how did you, how did you get involved with the media side? How did you get involved with blockchain technology? Um, where did you start? <laughs> yeah, so, so this is, this is going to be a longer answer. So everyone stick with me. But I started once I finished my graduate degree, my graduate degree was in public policy and management. I had a focus in international trade and development, and I had a pretty heavy data analytics kind of hand. I also had very strong writing skills, which came into play quite a lot. I wound up working at a think tank here where we're based in Washington, D.C. Yeah. I was working at the Technology Policy Institute. I had originally applied because I thought the name sounded really cool. I just came from this international trade degree where I did a lot of different thinking about technology trade and data trade and all of this stuff. And I thought, this is going to be so fun. I'm going to be talking about, you know, major tech platforms and big data and apps on your phone and all this stuff. Well, turns out that tech policy is a lot more about how people get the internet. <laughs> um, so it's a, it a little bit more broadband and telecoms focused. We did cover those other areas, but there's a whole lot of regulation that goes into things like spectrum and broadband. And I will not bore listeners with the details, but I learned a lot. Uh, I, I worked under the tutelage of a bunch of PhD economists. And one of the things that I quickly learned was that I had the ability not only to understand what they were talking about, but also to communicate that out. So despite having no formal training in communications and media, I became the director of communications at the Technology Policy Institute. And I wound up working in traditional media and contacting reporters, which anyone has had to do that. My heart goes out to you. Um, they are busy people, understandably so, and impossible to get a hold of. And then I also wound up working in a lot of digital media. I then became part of the crypto team, kind of. We had one other person at my company who was looking into crypto. I got super interested in that whole world, understanding it, read a bunch of books, figured out that gaming was kind of the segmented way into crypto. Then I actually wound up publishing a whole paper on gaming, which I'm happy to send to you. Yes, uh, that was yeah, that was called the, Hitch <laughs> the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Gaming Galaxy. I love so it. I, I love it. Yeah, <laughs> I published that in June of 2020, and it was kind of a deep dive at the gaming industry, and it was kind of a, hey, we should be paying attention to this. A lot of people are spending a lot of time on gaming. Yes. So getting more into gaming, I met my current friend and boss, who uh, is, is the one who runs the media company that I host my podcast through. And I started working with him almost two years ago, just on various different media projects. I have been a pundit on one of his live shows and just all kinds of different things that he just he just wanted me to work on. Um, we, we get along famously. So about a year ago, almost, he tapped me and said, I want you to lead your own podcast on women and other underrepresented groups in the space. Um, gave me complete autonomy over the direction, the themes, the guests everything from A to Z and just basically said, you know, you, you need to host something, go do it. Um, <laughs> which turned out to be a lot of fun actually. So now I've been hosting this podcast for about a year. 
I wound up quitting my day job in September of 2021 and opening up my own digital media consultancy agency, where I mostly work with gaming and crypto projects now on project management and digital media strategy and tokenomics and a lot of a lot of that written stuff. Um, I have become the queen of writing white papers. It seems to that me. Is so that is super interesting. I don't know that we actually yeah. got a chance to talk about that, but mm -hmm. you know, the whole idea of you becoming a um, involved with the white paper. For those that don't know, okay, so um, my other talk show is Crypto Mom Two, and it's all about educating individuals who are learning about the blockchain. A white paper for those that might be listening is basically the business plan, you know, for the company or the token. So it's really important that when you read that white paper that you see certain things in it. What do you think should always be in a white paper since now you're an expert at writing them? <laughs> yes. Well, the, the couple of things that I always encourage people to stick to, and I was also, I was a business writing TA for many years too. So I first of all, never use passive voice, throw it away. Um, there's actually tools now that will tell you where the passive voice is too, so that you can actively change it. You take advantage of those tools. Yeah. Take advantage of that. Nobody likes to read anything in passive voice. So that's, that's item number one. Item number two is it's really important to have an extremely clear executive summary. Most people aren't going to read anything other than the executive summary. It should never be more than one page. And this is a challenge, right? Like th this is actually truly why I get hired because condensing 20 pages into one page that, that tells all the information is not easy. And, and but, I must say condensing tech language into something mm -hmm. that is understandable to the quote unquote layperson as well is mm -hmm. very not easy. Yes, it, it is a challenge, but that should be where you actually spend the executive summary and the introduction should be basically where you spend the bulk of your time, uh, because those are the two sections that people will really read. And your introduction should be an extremely expanded version of that executive summary, right? You should you should walk people into your project or product with a very, very clearly defined laid out structure. Uh, and then the last thing that I think every project should include is a roadmap. So if you can, if you, even if the dates are wrong, even if they change, even if you don't put dates, Having an idea of what your your different phases look like, and being able to communicate that is is very important. And then, it, of course, it's business dependent. I worked recently with a business who was looking to get investment money and didn't have a section on uh, what generated revenue. <laughs> like, oh, you know, you might want to add that if you're looking to get investors. But these are things, you know, they had already written 20 fantastic pages. It can be hard to remember. You get so excited by your own project and your own ideas. You're not necessarily stepping back and thinking, how is someone from outside going to read this? And so that's why you're yeah. so important because you're the the objective second set of eyes. Well, mm -hmm. there's always more than one eyes, but looking at it to kind of give that feedback. Yeah, exactly. And and I I think honestly, when things like that that seem glaringly obvious are missing, I think it usually is just because the founder is so passionate about the previous things they've talked about, which is great. <laughs> you should be able to turn that turn that into something good. So yes, strong executive summary, strong introduction, and include a roadmap if you can. So you have been focusing at the moment on gaming and tokenization. Any other topic, any other topic areas that you've uh, put your hands on in terms of writing white papers for? Uh, I haven't 
I, this is a project I'm kind of currently working on, but I'm, I'm starting to get more involved in different DAO communities. Oh, interesting. And find define a DAO for those of Oh, yes, know. of course. <laughs> so a DAO is my favorite part about being in the world of crypto. Um, when people ask about crypto and they say like, oh, what currency should I invest in? I'm like, throw away currencies. I don't care about currencies. <laughs> um, what I care about are DAOs, which are decentralized autonomous organizations. So essentially what it is, is just a kind of a new way to think about business that's very community driven and community managed. So decentralized autonomous basically means that there's no C-suite level executive office. What there is, is a group of voting members that actually work together to make a decision. So it'd be kind of like if people who owned stock voted on what the company was doing. Of course, there's still people managing day-to-day -day operations and putting out products and doing all of that. So it's not like these are just little places where people can't have full-time jobs or anything like that. There's still a very full-time element to it, but what it does is really allow you to take the input from your community and help you shape a product moving forward, which then typically does better because it's, it's built with the input of the people who are going to use it. So it's, it's, um, they're super, super fun to be a part of, to join, to help run, um, and, and there's all kinds of other things that are associated with DAOs. It's kind of a rethinking of loyalty rewards points and a rethinking of how we access different parts of businesses and services and a rethinking of how we run businesses and services. So they're, they're really, it's really a fun structure to dive into and think about. So I'm just gonna mention a few things. Um, Nothing on this show is financial advice. So we're not talking about investments. We're not giving legal advice. This is all education. The other thing though, being the attorney in me here, um, if you guys, if anyone who's listening is definitely thinking about creating a DAO or you know, getting involved in the blockchain, definitely reach out to Lindsay, but also reach out to myself because on the attorney side, there's a lot of business, there's a lot of legislation, there's a lot of compliance that might be involved and also different states allow you to incorporate as a DAO. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, so there's a lot of changes going on. So you need to make sure that your team is knowledgeable and, um, it, and you could accidentally stumble if you don't have the right team members on. So have you found that um, to be the case when you've kind of been consulting with, you know, how do people are choosing their team what kind of role do you have? Because you're you're also a consultant on media and a lot of different areas. What other roles do you play? <laughs> yeah, that's that's a good question. Just because I I actually find it quite difficult uh, when people say, you know, what do you do? What's your specialty? I'm like, well, what do you need? <laughs> um, I can surely figure out some way to meet some need that you have. Um, so it, when it comes to to team building. I will say I've still seen, I've seen a great mix of web two and web three folks. So um, web two is the current generation of the internet. Web three is kind of the future iteration of the internet largely built on blockchain technologies. Um, honestly, think that's going to be a very boring transition. One day we'll all wake up and our phones will be web three enabled and nobody will be any the wiser about what happens with it. But until then businesses and structures are, are learning how to build things in a web three environment. So. As of right now, I see a lot of folks who are kind of at this web, I, I, one of my clients calls it web 2.5 stage, where there's a mix of people who have been very successful building in web 2 environments, but who are now looking to pivot and transition. And so then they bring on kind of 
me, who's a total crypto nerd, um, to kind of help understand what that might be like. And there's all kinds of these consultancy agencies that are talking about transitioning and how to transition your business. So if you are someone who maybe doesn't feel like they have a great understanding of Web3, but is interested in learning more, fear not, because you can go out and, and get a job or get a contract or join a community where you have absolutely no experience and just kind of learn by doing. And that's been the greatest way for me to learn so far. And the more I learn by doing, the more skill sets I'm able to offer, which just leads to an endless loop of increasing responsibilities, but I'm having fun. <laughs> <laughs> so tying it back to your talk show you because of your various um skills that you've been learning how has that helped you when you've been interviewing uh, talk show clients and that type of thing this is a great question because i had a realization the other day like hey lizzie you've got to stop diving so deep into the crypto rabbit hole nobody knows what you're talking about <laughs> um, so as of right now, I'm actually learning to do exactly what you did, did and remind myself to define terms and to take it slow and take it easy. Um, but expanding from just gaming into more of this emerging tech field has been truly a joy, a joyful journey for me. I think that not that there's not plenty to talk about in gaming, but it's just a more legacy industry that also has traditionally helped usher in future technologies. So it's this good combination of we have this kind of legacy industry that has legacy issues versus this brand new industry that's being ushered in by gaming, um, of course, other platforms, but I think gaming is the, the kind of fastest growing way people learn about cryptocurrencies and all that. And, and all of the possibility and opportunity. One thing that comes up several times on the show, because I do interview mostly people from underrepresented groups, um, largely women, is that people feel so excited about the opportunities in the crypto space to build a more equitable industry from the beginning. Whereas a lot of folks in the gaming space, uh, the, the, kind of overall sentiment is, all right, things have been changing, but super slowly. So it's all in all, both moving in positive directions, which is great, but there's a lot more excitement around crypto and the opportunity that it offers uh, to right away build a more equitable platform, which I think is really fun and exciting to talk about. I think it's, it's, it's amazing also that you're focusing on women who are in this field. Yeah. So um, what have you found? Have you found that there are a lot of women? Have you found that they've had struggles being in this space um, and being um, like the uh, the trailblazers? What, what are your experiences for those that you've interviewed? Yeah, I think that women in gaming have all in all had sadder stories, which is unfortunate. <laughs> um, a little bit of a harder slog. It's also a significantly bigger industry, right? So there's a lot from entry level to C-suite that you can do. Women who are in the crypto space, it's such a young space. It's full of mostly startups. There's a lot more autonomy. That means there's also a lot higher risk. There's a lot fewer paths that are defined and laid out. Um, so what I'm the general themes that are kind of emerging from a lot of women on the show are that it is getting better to work in the gaming industry, slowly but surely. And the speed is not what anyone wants. They want it, they want it faster, which makes sense because it's been it's been very difficult to work in the gaming industry for a long time. But things are actually starting to change, which is great. 
when it comes to the crypto space, I am talking to so many people who just got really inspired and passionate and started a project. I, it is full of people who are just embodying the entrepreneurial spirit, full of people who are springing out of bed in the morning. You know, these are not the, uh, they, they don't necessarily embody the uh, very sleepy attitude that I have. Um, so I, it's really given me a spring in my step when it comes to that. And truly both of these things have in different ways. It's great to hear people who are in a legacy industry actually saying like, ah, oh, things are starting to feel a even a little bit different. Obviously, again, a lot of work to do. But I'm glad to hear that things are on the up and up. And then it's so wonderful to meet with these incredible people who are founders and who are just so excited about everything that's going on in crypto and just taking it and running with it. And it's really, it's really been an inspiration from both sides to, to meet all of these people. There's a lot of creativity in this space. And, um, you know, it blows me away because I'm not I, I know tech, but I'm not a techie and I don't know coding. And, you know, when you think about everything that can be and is being created through this mechanism, you know, it just, it's amazing to me. It's just amazing. So um, I, I want you to mention again, the talk show so that way people can go over and like, and subscribe. Can you do that again, please? Yes. Everyone should go like and subscribe to the Meta Woman podcast. That's M-E-T-A. We are on every major podcast platform. Uh, I would love if you subscribed on your favorite one. I would love if you listened. I would love if you gave me a five-star rating and review. That would be amazing. Uh, and please feel free to reach out to me on any platform. My name is Lindsay Poss. That's P-O-S-S. -S. I'm basically Lindsay Poss on everything except for Instagram where I'm Lindsay the boss. Because it's fun to rhyme that. <laughs> But everyone who is listening, for sure, I will have all the links below in the pod, uh, in the blog below. So, you know, if you don't have paper and pen, don't worry. Any last minute thoughts before we sign off? I know for everyone who's listening, um, you know, I, I also appreciate you as listeners, but Lindsay's story and journey, you know, has inspired me in many ways, because again, she's been hopping and going over to different areas. And I know that in talking to her about the gaming side, that's going to have to be another episode in the Bitcoin Cinderella book. So I'll have to talk to you about that so I can get some background. So we might end up having our Bitcoin Cinderella Samantha talking to a Lindsay character. <laughs> so who knows? <laughs> well, I love that. I, I'm here. The, the final thought I would love to leave people with is that the crypto space is just an incredibly welcoming community. I have never just been able to just cold DM people or cold email people and just gotten such positive feedback. Um, Jackie is, is living, breathing proof of that. Uh, so just don't be afraid to reach out to me or anyone else. Uh, people here have been incredibly kind and just excited. So go share in that. It'll be fun. You'll feel good. <laughs> yeah. And, and the other thing that I've learned in, in my short time, you know, it's only been four years, but I know there are people that were here when Bitcoin first started. Um, <clears throat> everyone is willing to mentor everyone else and share yeah. because mm -hmm. um, it's, it's like we're all pulling everyone up with information. Uh, there's just so much to, to keep up with. And so, um, like you said, everyone is very supportive. 
everyone who's listening, definitely like and subscribe to all the, the talk shows that you're hearing. You know, we all need your support. But also, as I always say, be kind to yourself, be kind to others. We're all part of one world and we're all so interconnected. Have a great day. Thank you, everyone.